I'm Justin. And I'm Blake. And this is the How Do You Figure podcast. Blake, who is our guest this week? Justin, today our guest is Ken Knapsack, one of the co-hosts for the Force Center podcast and author of Why We Love Star Wars. Ken, how are you doing? Thank you for joining us today. Oh, thank you for having me, gentlemen. This is an absolute pleasure. Figures, as a child of the 80s, this is uh, much of my upbringing in life and happy to talk about it. Uh, To start us off, Blake, did you get any toys this week? Uh, You know, Justin, I did. I just opened it today. I got the NECA Wingnut and Screw Loose. I'll try to hold them up. They're just I just so, opened that up right before we They're just record. so big and bulky and awesome. And I mean, we talk, it might as well almost be a Turtles podcast. We keep just gushing about these animated figures. But this one, I keep saying I'm done with it because I like it's just filling up shelf space. And then they'll make one random obscure character that I miss and never had. And I mean, Wingnut was the character I used in that Tournament Fighters Turtles game. So I was like, well, we got to We got to have it. Yeah, we're getting into my bread and butter on this line, man. And uh, I hope it keeps going. Uh, As you know, I did not buy the four turtles (laughs) or uh, the foot soldiers or April or any of that. But I have gone all in on every obscure character. I have them all up on my desk in front of me right now. Wingnut, Screw Loose, uh, the Four Frogs, Mondo Gecko, everyone that's not a main character, I absolutely love. And we're right in the thick of it now. I feel like everything that's coming out is just made right for me. And uh, I just hope it keeps going. Oh, I don't think it's ever going to. If they keep also doing this thing where you can just hop on their website and buy one and they're easy to get and accessible, I don't see why we would ever stop. Companies yeah. love money, Justin. I don't know if you knew that. And you know, my whole life, the like thirty years I've been collecting, I've always been about getting the toy for the best possible price. And with everything we've been through these last couple of years, I just was so relieved to click on this wingnut and screw loose and spend an extra fifteen or twenty dollars just to not have to go look for it. And that has never been me, but I'm exhausted and I hate people. <laughs> I don't want to go to these stores anymore. And I hate bothering the guys at electronics. I hate having to go up to these poor, like underpaid employees and ask them if they have <laughs> Genghis Rock. <laughs> like, <laughs> fuck me. Uh, yeah, so great great stuff happening at NECA, but I am concerned that this line can't go on too much longer because even though they've hit like the core figures that I want, I think it's already passed into too obscure for most collectors. I mean, it could be, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not a NECA employee, but I'm like, maybe it's their loss leader. These are the turtles, bring them in. And then the people who are like, I don't want Wingnut end up clicking on the Gargoyles link and they buy a Goliath and it just gets you into the store. It's like the big TVs at Costco. That's possible. You're not going to buy that, but who knows? Ken, what about you? Have you got anything new? Are you currently collecting? Um, I'm always currently trying to avoid collecting, meaning I've run out of space and allowance money to add to the collections. But every time you head to a a big box store or something, I'm always going to take that turn in the toy aisle 
And, you know, uh, Justin, like you were mentioning, like, ah, there's one thing you need something like, you know, I'll, I'll pick up fine. I need that black series, Jar Jar Binks. I need that black series grief card. Yeah, fine. I need it. I need it. And so uh, that's been some of my recent purchases. Uh, uh, but uh, I have an entire, when I moved about a year ago, I had an entire storage shed I needed to buy and build just essentially for figures. And I've hit that point where I'm like, I'm going to take a breath and really get what I need. So this week, nothing, but next week, I'm sure I'll get two things. Fair enough. Uh, there is one thing I just thought of because it's staring back at me that I also picked up this week, and that's this awesome Penguin Mario. That's <laughs> yeah. right. It's a six-inch Mario this Penguin <laughs> suit, or four-inch Mario in Penguin suit, and you can put the head up so he can do the, the slide. Uh, yeah, two, three times a year, Jax comes out with a very fun mm. new Mario figure. Uh, awesome. Anyway, that's what we got this week. Blake, why don't we head straight on into our main topic? It's Wampakate! Look inside! We better get out! Ah, guards! Introducing Hoth World. Three play sets in one. New from Star Wars Micro Collection line. 19 diecast figures and action poses included. Wow, they're small enough to fit in one hand. Yeah, pow! So much for throw by slide. It's safe, Chewie. Ah, we can get back to Hop Eye and Cannon. Hey, it connects to Hop Wampa Cave. Hi, Tian. Close blast doors. Hop World from Star Wars Micro Collection line. Play sets also sold separately. Figures included. New from Kenner. In the 80s, they released the Star Wars miniatures line through, uh, I almost said NECA because we've just been talking about it, but through Kenner. Of course, this was a, an attempt to expand. They wanted to make more play sets and battle stations and the things that would have been too expensive to do with a three and a three fourths line. It would have been too big and costly, which is crazy because now they want like $400 for a Rancor. So we've passed that point. But at the time they thought about us, the customer, the line I'm pretty sure is one of the first, if not only star Wars collectible lines to crash and burn and not even see it completely done. Uh, but I, of course, was born long when these were gone. Ken, what else can you tell us about these lines? How did you get into it? Why the miniatures line? Yeah, yeah. I So I, I was uh, born in 76, so around for that kind of big explosion, but it was so young, like the 77, 78 years, it's it's all just these faint memories. So by 81, 82, 83, I, I am collecting G.I. Joe, He-Man, everything, which is interesting because th those lines are now competing with the Kenner Star Wars lines. So uh, the the miniatures, the micro collection just kind of fell into my lap. And I I don't know where. I don't know how. I remember going to pick up uh, yeah, every other Kenner figure. I, I can remember where I was at a Thrifty or a J.J. Newberry or a Toys R Us. I don't remember these ones. And then I lost them for about 20 years of my life. And I, for a while, I thought I had dreamt up this line. You know, like, did that really happen? It came and went so fast. And not a lot of my friends picked them up. But I love them. I used to have them all the time out and about playing with them. It's funny you said that because I, I, I remember like the micro machines really well. And I feel like suddenly in the nineties, we got this burst of uh, toys that you could choke on if you wanted to, which seems counterproductive to toys to make. So even when you like positioned it, I was like, Oh my God, there's like a gap in my knowledge. This is so crazy. And like looking at it and watching it because it was like there's four four to eight figures in each box. They're all based almost the way the cards were, where it was like the Dagobah setting, the Hoth setting, Bespin. They all kind of had very specific places. 
which I like. Like it, it was almost designed for me. I could get a space station and four figures at a time. And it was all like nestled nicely in a checklist form where I could just be like, okay, here are the Death Star pieces. And it's just something that I completely missed. And looking at it, I was like, this is how I liked to play as a kid. It's so crazy to me that this line didn't work out at all, that it just sort of faded away. And it's not like this was 1985 or 88 or like when the brand was kind of low, this was in the middle of it. So I'm, it's such an interesting thing of like, were we just not ready for small? Was the war, were they ahead of their time? Small play sets, affordable prices. I, I, I think so. I, I absolutely think so. I, I, and I'm holding, uh, you know, I know this is mostly an audio podcast, but I'm holding my, my best Ben Han holding injured Luke. And like, I used to just stare at the possibilities of storytelling of this as a kid, but I guess because it wasn't posable all that kind of stuff, it, it, it probably would, you know, one of the reasons it didn't, didn't catch on, but I, I love picking them up. And what you're saying too, with how the play sets would connect, that was just genius, you know, a, a way to build more and more and more and consume buy more and more and more. Yeah, I remember as a kid using them to kind of, no pun intended, expand the universe mm. that I was playing with. Because a lot of what they made in the miniature scale was not made in the three and three quarter inch scale, right. uh, like Echo Base and stuff like that. So I remember exclusively buying the stuff that wasn't made in three and three quarter and then using that as like the exterior of echo base. And then I would play with the three and three quarter as the interior of echo base. That's amazing. Would you like put, put it up on a Hill? Like it's in the background of your shot. I would also do that. Yeah. I would put it way uh, back behind the three and three quarter at, at, and yeah, it fit in great that way. And it worked for like, you know, shooting up at stuff yeah. and stuff like that. Um, it, it's surprising to me that this line didn't move into Jedi because I feel like there were a lot of opportunities in Jedi for similar play. Like you could have built out a whole Ewok forest. It's like a lot of like Jabba's palace. I feel like you could have built out um so yeah it's odd to me that this line didn't really move on past empire it's funny you say that because it <clears throat> there were plans there were a couple prototype sets that were the hoth bakta that whole fun because if there's one that kids want it's medicine places yeah. uh the torture chamber the, and then it got into all the jedi stuff there was an indoor plan a slave one plan a death star mm-hmm. throne room plan and Dagobah, but you're right. Like those are really, when I think of like Star Wars settings, I go to Jabba's palace in Jedi and I go to the indoor forest and the throne room. Like those are really where I feel like the franchise kind of in a weird way found its voice with just like very cool settings. Mm-hmm. Not that Cloud City and Dagobah and Hoth were not fantastic, but right. Jedi was like almost a little bit more fun, I guess. Like Empire's the darker one and it's, you know, it's not like nobody wants to play at Dagobah. It's muddy and gross. <laughs> and there's nothing to eat there except that granola bar that R2D2 has. I uh, love that. Yeah, I love that. Uh, yeah, the, the Lost Jedi line, what could have been is amazing. And you're right. Eh? Look, uh, I guess Gary Kurtz will tell you uh, George was uh, building uh, play sets for kids, anyways. 
but I love that. And that was my film, right? That was the first big experience. I would have, I would have died for a throne room with miniatures. Gosh, can you imagine a little Palpatine in that swivel chair? Well, that was one of my favorite power of the force figures was the, the three pack with him in the throne and like Luke and Vader just like in their almost forced pose, like there were yeah. new sculpts to get them to hold the lightsaber with two hands because you couldn't do it with how they were. And it's almost just like a, a, a set, like it's almost not even an action figure, but I, you're right. Like that's really where I want to open up a Death Star and see that throne room and all that settings. It's funny because I feel like play sets for me are where the bridge between like just playing with toys and collecting started because that's where I would set up like frame up things and be like, oh, well, it looks nice now. We don't need to take Luke out of this. He looks cool. Don't touch it. Don't touch it. Yeah. But you showed the uh, figure earlier with yeah. them holding each other. Were there are other figures in that line? Like that's something that you never would have gotten out of Power of the Force or Phantom Menace. These right. just like almost movie moments that I think would have been really cool to get. Yeah, the only ones I have left. Uh, so I have that Han, that Han he's kind of crouching down with his blaster out. Luke uh, has his arm ready to be, be draped over uh, a shoulder, which I think was designed for Lando and the Falcon playset. Then I have a stormtrooper being clearly shot, uh, which is, you know, it, it, he's just are his back arcing back like he's been hit by a blaster from Leia. But then I, I have the it's it was a mail away set, uh, three rebels and three Hoth uh, troopers. And then uh, uh, with an E-Web, uh, uh, Moff Gideon would love this from Mandalorian. He loves describing the E-Web uh, and and. I, I didn't mail away from these. I don't know how I mailed away from Palpatine. I rema- mailed away from Sebastian uh, Shaw, Anakin Skywalker. I don't remember how I got these. It could have been like a playground trade. Like I'll give you three Cal Ripken rookies for, you know, your, your this or that. Uh, and these are the one, all I have left of the set. I, I don't remember how I got even the Han, the Luke, because uh, I don't have the Falcon anywhere uh, s- sitting around that I that I know of. Right. What do you think happened to all of them? How did uh, how did all of these? I mean, it's obviously time is not mm-hmm. kind to toys sometimes, but was what, there what a I, story behind it? <laughs> I don't I don't know. All I know is um, I had uh, these, these lines. Like I said, it was I, I knew after a while when pop culture kind of kind of re re exploded in the 90s, power of the force being a big part of that. And you're starting to get more magazines and you read more. I can confirm that, oh, these micro collections were a real thing. I didn't dream them up. I didn't have these. Um, but I about 97, uh, I moved to L.A. in 98. I never saw these again. And I, I thought maybe they lost a time, um, whatever. 20 years or so later, I pulled out the Star Wars Monopoly set from 1997, the special edition one for a, a, a four center episode. And uh, my co-host, uh, Joseph Jennifer there, I opened up the box and I was like, I almost started crying. I was like, they're here. I found them. I found them. That's where I put them 20 years ago. And I didn't know. So I was reunited uh, with these figures and uh, they've been out ever since. So yeah, I'm time and toys, man. That's uh, almost a perfect place for him to go because I feel like looking at them now, they look like the, I don't want to say D and D, but like the tabletop star Wars games that they started doing, or like even Mm -hmm. like Baskin Robbins fun cake toppers, which I always took those because they ended up in the poses. I couldn't do with the action (laughs) figures. 
like uh, any opportunity yeah. to get somebody in a different, like a star trooper getting shot down. I was like, I gotta have it. Gotta have it. I also just remembered I do have the three PO too. I'm very, you know, gotta have three PO. I forgot that one's in the bag too. Yeah, uh, yeah, no, you're right. And this one, because there's a one stormtrooper. He's a hot trooper, and he's like clearly crawling on the ground. We all remember that scene from Empire. Um, but I would always just try to stand him up because, again, looked like he got blasted out of the air with a with a, a e uh, or not an e web, but the, uh, the the rebel gun. I'm almost surprised with like toy photography and videos, like having these resurgences on Instagram and TikTok, that there isn't like a suddenly an eBay rush for these. I feel like this is a perfect item for those kind of, even Justin talking about how he inspired Lord of the Rings by putting things far away and close to mess with size. I'm like, how, how are these amazing photographers now? Like I need to have it. We have to mess with the scale. (laughs) The details, like, they're not very detailed. Like they're really kind of show their age. And yeah. I think like, if you're looking for something that uh, you're going to photograph as a star Wars miniature. Now there's so many other options out there that I don't know if these really lend themselves to that as much as they did to play. Mm. That's true. Yeah. I suppose it was, they were very much of their time, but what yeah. a weird little like check. Cause they also had all the vehicles, right? So the vehicles in that scale must've been almost like the size of a figure I would imagine, which for me, I think is perfect. Like I love the giant millennium Falcon that I had from the power of the forest, but I always kind of wanted one that I could just like hold in my hand and fly around playing with that Falcon. When I was, you know, this big was <laughs> a chore. I had to have two hands and maneuver around. You know, the small Falcon wasn't that small either. Yeah. Um, it was you couldn't fit it in your hand um i the falcon the x-wing the tie fighter the snow speeder i never saw the need for those because we had basically the same version in three and three quarter inch right oh they were that close to the scale well they were one and one fourth so they were about they're a little less than half the scale. Well, that's that's interesting. As you've seen them that size, you're like, oh, they should really be like. But that's almost what I they why were I larger think. than micro machines. Okay, I was gonna. That's kind of my frame of reference for it because micro machines were so big when I was a kid. I, you couldn't get away from things that size, which is interesting. I think that we had this weird attempt that didn't even make it through the original trilogy. And then in the nineties, it was like, make them smaller and smaller and smaller. They were like cell phones. Well, at that point people would take like star Wars fans would take anything because there was nothing. There were no toys out there. So when the micro machines showed up, like we bought them up because it was the first star Wars product in so long. Even if like two years later, they just all ended up in bins because we now had new three and three quarter inch figures. Um, Another thing from that time period of the mid 90s, when Kenner got the license for Star Wars back before they relaunched the three and three quarter inch line, they actually the first thing they made in 1994 was a pack of miniatures. Mm. that were metal part of their action masters line uh which they were pushing at the time action masters was like a bunch of different movie themed lines so they actually in 94 came back to the die cast 
before coming back to the three and three quarter inch. Wow, that that line completely escapes my memory. I'd love to check that out because I, I had like the those bendums that came out around that time too. Yeah, like you said, Justin, we were just like Star Wars on the rack again. I'll gobble it up. I, the Action Masters one. I'll, I'll do a. Uh, you know, maybe pour an adult beverage and go through eBay and try not to buy all of them, but I can find them. Yeah, there was a six pack, which was the first thing that Kenner released when they got the license back. And it was like a Han, is it Han? Yeah, Han, Boba Fett, Vader, uh, Stormtrooper, and Chewie, and Luke. Um, yeah, they were interesting. I, I remember it. I remember buying them, even though I didn't like them, because, again, it was a Star Wars thing that came out in 94. So, yeah, them, the Bindums, the Micro Machines, I was all in on all this chuck. Um, True. <laughs> not to tangent off onto mid-90s Star Wars. I mean, I'll always dip into the mid-90s. I love it there. It's yeah. a great place to be. But bringing us back to the, uh, the miniature line, Ken, was there was there a favorite one that you had or still have that yeah. was in that set? Because I feel like there were so many just kind of sprinkled around. Yeah, I, I thought I, I, th- I thought I had a Vader at some point, but uh, I, I, I'm a I'm a Han guy, growing up a Han guy. So I, yeah, I, my my little Han crouching down in Bespin in the, in the Bespin gear because I'm I'm also a fan of the the Bespin jacket Han versus vest Han from New Hopes. If that great debate ever springs up, I side with the I side with jacket Han, uh, and so I just love this one and and. Um, you know, it, it, it's now it's it's small enough to where uh, it can be displayed and not take up too much space on my desk if I need to or something like that. So there's extra value in even that now. I think it's funny you say that the more and more things I get, the more I'm like, is it time to just get everything in a smaller line? So I can have more of them. Like I have a lot of Black Series figures. And the other day I was like, should I sell all of these and switch over to the vintage line so I can just have more up at less money? Is, I, is that where we're getting? I, I think so. And I'm a fan of the Black Series line and uh, a pal of mine. Uh, I don't know if you guys know Mike Black, comic and, and a toy collector uh, guy as well. And he, he has this theory that he said years ago on one of our shows where he's just like, the Black Series does remind you of holding a Kenner figure as a kid, right? It's like your hand has grown, but the figure, it, it's, but it feels the same. And I think I connected with that. But I'm like, you know, I've like, I have no room for it. I used to, you know, display them on walls or whatever. But uh, uh, so I think you're right. Going smaller might be might be the way to go. Yeah, there's something awesome about getting a set that's together. Like I always say, the problem with starting to collect anything is that like one looks good, but like twenty looks better. It almost starts to look like graffiti art. Like that's where every now and then when people come up and look at my shelves, I have everything like very neat. Like well, the turtles are here, the Power Rangers, and Star yeah. Wars. And sometimes I'm like, let's just get it like a New York City wall. I want people looking around and dancing around it and picking things out. So, Blake, does that mean you're not getting the $400 Rancor? You know, Justin, I was thinking about it. We've talked a lot about HasLab stuff and when they're going to get me. And I said it'll probably be something Star Wars. But all of the tiers for that Rancor are so underwhelming. I already have the guard. I don't really need another one. They're just going to make Luke's until I die. So I don't really need this Luke. And the third one is just like bones. And you want me to pay you $400 for that privilege? It's it, it really, if they wanted to get me, they would have been like, it's a Rancor and the Max Rebo band. And I would have been like, 
here's almost a PlayStation 5, I'll take it. But it doesn't look like that thing's going to fund anyways. It, it's not quite hitting the Galactus hit, but I don't know. I feel like I should be. I feel like this is the thing that I should be all about, but all they had to do is give me that shirtless dude crying, and I probably also would have been like, that's it. I just need his head mold of him crying. You don't even no, just give me the head of him crying. I would have bought that. Yes. We 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 all cry with Malakili, the Rancor Keeper, right? Yes, yeah, yes. Uh that's uh yeah, I yeah, I haven't uh, uh funded any of those just because I I, I just I just I can't. I, but I, that job, uh the, the, the katana, I, I absolutely wanted it it's like the it's like the USS flag of my adulthood. Like can can I get that? Can do I have seven feet to spare in my living room? That's the other things we're talking about space. And I'm like, that's just a shelf or I'm going to sit it on the ground, which for some reason, I don't know if it's ingrained in me from owning old video game systems. I were like, don't put it on carpeting on the ground. The dust will get in. It needs to be a little bit higher. And I'm still like, nothing should be on the ground unless it's a table or a shelf. (laughs) I agree with that. It also opens up a door of like, well, how much giant things am I going to put on the ground and make this an unwalkable part of my apartment? Yeah. Yeah. Same. Yeah, and then there you go. Like that all comes back to all the pluses of this line and why scaling down the Star Wars universe worked so well, even though it didn't take off and continue. Well, I think even then, you know, that line probably would have done better had it not been in the middle of the Star Wars mania. There was so much of it. And that original trilogy, while I do think it's like some of the most toyetic stuff, and obviously it's like why we have action figures now and was a turning point in pop culture. There are only so many like different Han costumes you need before you are like, oh, they're just going to keep giving me the best one. And I'm going to keep getting the vests and I'm going to keep getting Luke only like. And then also, you know, that was when Masters of the Universe was taking off. Like the rest of pop culture was catching up to Star Wars when they were like, what if it was smaller, less articulated and harder to find? And everybody else was like, hey, what if we just did what the guy who's winning is doing? Do you think maybe we'll beat them then? Yeah. So I sort of get why. But it's interesting. It's interesting to think about the mid 90s and this line when we're talking about, oh, there was this era where we would have just bought bendies and metal toys and micro machines and whatever and it's like oh man maybe if they had just waited a little bit of time this would have filled that gap between eras of star wars and instead we were you know hunting down whatever whatever was there i think that's a great theory in the sense you know that that we were all at the time you know, young getting these and you did want to play with them and, and you didn't value setting things up or, you know, and you were taking them out of the box to play, which is, is was what you should do with toys, especially back then, I get. But maybe as, as we aged up a little bit in, in late 80s, like 91, 92, that that heir to the Empire era when Star Wars started to come back. Yeah. And then I would have been like, oh, cool. These things I loved as a kid, I can now display them on a shelf. Uh, I think I think that could have worked a little bit. And it would have been like the perfect kind of comeback of like, hey, you bought all these characters, but have you bought them small and with a world that goes with it? And I would have been like, no, that's what I want now. But that is like basically what happened with Micro Machines. Because Micro Machines came around with the vehicles in 94 mm-hmm. and then started building out the worlds from there. So, like, that's exactly what happened. Um, 
Yeah, that's exactly what happened. <laughs> it was just Galoob <laughs> that did it Galoob. and not Kenner. Because Kenner, like, Kenner passed on the line in 85. So, like, Kenner wasn't even interested in being in the Star Wars game at that point, um, whether it was full scale or miniatures or whatever. Uh, where Galoob, like, it was kind of a perfect fit. That it was perfect for the micro machine. There were so many ships and vehicles and unique things from that original trilogy. It was perfect for micro machines. Oh yeah. And then from there, they went from the the vehicles to the playsets, and yeah, it was uh, it was a great license for Galoob to pick up. And I think that the how well the micro machine sold kind of helped to land the lay the groundwork for Kenner getting interested in the license again and getting back into the star Wars business. Well, I'm glad that they did because everything else from there, we just did our big phantom menace episode. I'm still like, God, what a time that was. was, I'll never, we were just saying it with this new ghostbusters movie. And so many people I know are so excited. And somebody was like, Blake, what'll get you that excited? And I was like, probably nothing. Because like for me, that was 1999 when Star Wars came back. And now I get Star Wars and Spider-Man and Turtles every two years. Right. Like there's nothing else <laughs> has taken that gap. And if this Ghostbusters movie does well, that'll probably be the same thing. So I don't know that I'm ever going to quite reach that height yeah. Although this movie, the Ghostbusters, was the first time in a while that I walked out. It was like, man, I wish there was a Toys R Us open because I would go buy a podcast right now. <laughs> I can't. I, can't I, I, I there's no way I can even see that movie. Like, I don't understand. So, like, I it just seems like such spoon fed nostalgia. Like, there's nothing that could get me into that theater. <laughs> I loved it, but you're right. And that was, I walked out and I was like, man, that was really fan servicey, but I might be a fan that wanted to be serviced. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Good, good heap of sugar every now and then. It's going to be. Yeah, right. I, mean, I know what I'm doing. I know what I'm like. This is just manufactured nostalgia to get me to buy a ticket. And I'm like, yes, one, please. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> and, I'll, and I'll go get the toys tomorrow. I do the same thing with Star Wars. Every time I'm like, Oh, I'm getting a little tired. And they're like, here's visions. And I'm like, yes, keep going. Why did we stop this? Keep going. Going. Yeah. Every every day that I'm like, there might be too much. They're like, what about the book of Boba Fett? They're like, there's not too much. There's just the right amount. I'll do it every week. <laughs> uh, one thing we haven't talked about with this line is the weight of the figures. Mm. That is something that is really like burned into my memory. How heavy the figures were. Absolutely. Like, I feel like the Wampa and like the Tauntaun, like you could have put those between your fingers and had like brass knucks. Yeah. Like those things were weighty and solid and could do some damage. That's so crazy. Cause I don't, I've never held it. So like, really they're like, are they heavier than. Yeah. The, I mean this, uh, I'm, I'm holding up the, the snow trooper with the e-web blaster. Like, yeah, I, I could, uh, I could throw this at you and you'd feel it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. I can hit you right in the eye. And just like your mom warned you, you, you could lose an eye over it. It's it's yeah. It's got some, uh, you know, uh, it, it's, it's got some weight to it. That's awesome. I love it when there's a good tangibility, I guess, cause they had to like sit almost on the set. So you didn't want things falling off or like 
blowing in the wind. I don't know how many people were playing outside. There's a possibility, and I wish I had both of them here to test this. There's a possibility that the miniature wampa weighs more than the three and three quarter inch scale wampa that's made out of plastic. That was my next question. What were they made out of then? Is it just the material that they have? Metal. 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 Okay. Real metal. Got it. So metal. that explains it. It's metal, as they say in Empire. Uh, that uh, Justin, that's a great that that's the YouTube video I need you to do, man. Actually, get a scale and put them together. How many? Oh, how many? Yes. Three and three quarter wampas to weigh. <laughs> great. Yeah, they're metal, and then you know they're kind of infamously, I guess, they're easy to chip. I'm pretty fortunate that mine are all in pretty good shape because they were in that Monopoly box for so long. But yeah, you know, one little uh, one little uh, move, and the stormtrooper's got a got a gray nose. I love the idea that at some point in your childhood you busted out Star Wars Monopoly, and somebody was like, "I don't know who I want to play with," and you were like, "Wait a minute." I've got a solution to this that's going to blow your mind. Uh, Blake, I wish it was my childhood. I was a rock DJ at a radio station, and me and the night DJ used to play Star Wars Monopoly all night during her shift. And, and that was that's exactly what I did. I was like, wait a minute. Do you want to be 3PO? Because I can bring these. I associate this line so much with Empire, even though it's stretched across New Hope and Empire. Correct. I don't know if that's because I associate this line so much with like that Hoth set and the Cloud City set and stuff that I wish had been made in the three and three quarter. Right. Um, I mean, that's that probably has something to do with it. Yeah. I mean, my memories of this six figure, you know, mail away set, that, that was kind of the line for me. And, and and I would stare at the Sears catalog at the Hoth play set because like you, it's like, come on, you get a. You get an ion cannon, and this is this is life, man. This is everything I need for me in second grade. <laughs> so, this <laughs> uh, so yeah, I do too. I got the Death Star. The fact that they had the Death Star play sets uh, just never really uh, resonated with me as much as uh, Snow Troopers. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I think Hoth always Hoth is a. I think the best battle of all of them. Mm-hmm. It's great. It's the it's the only timer that I can even think of in a movie where we open up and the heroes just get wiped. They just lose. It's not a cliffhanger like Infinity War. We come in, there's 10 of them left, the nose is on them, and it's over. And it's almost weird that it's like, that could have been the cliffhanger that Empire does. Like, we scrap them to nothing. Mm. Last Jedi kind of does it. It's the last starship, and I like that idea too. Uh, I'm just a big fan of starting a movie and being like, there's 10 heroes left and they're about to fight impossible odds and they'll probably lose and have to come back. I'm a Chicago sports fan. It's all. We <laughs> have. Um, oh, companies love money. Disney loves money. I love spending money. It's it's perfect. Are there any you could think of, Ken, that we haven't gotten from anywhere? Clone Wars, Expanded Universe. What would you want shrunk down? Um, I mean, you go into Return of the Jedi to start. Uh, the ones that almost could have been. Uh, I, I love a Bright Tree Village. You imagine the possibility of a Jabba's Palace with connected. You can connect all that, like the Death Star one that they had. Uh, I would even go as far as like, give me the Rebel briefing room on Home One. Like, give it a little General Maydeen and Mothma just sitting there pointing. Uh, I, I would, I would buy that up there. But yeah, definitely 
Um, anything from the sequel era, I, I'm just such a fan. Of a lot of the the settings there and everything like that. It would look. You, you mentioned the crate one. I mean that that be that be absolutely. I would I would probably actually pour real salt on it too, so I can go. It's salt. Uh, I, I I think a lot of things that, but the 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 there the possibilities going to the prequels. I mean, can you imagine like a Mustafar playset, just a bunch of flowing diecast lava. <laughs> And, you know, that's where you'd get that burned Anakin figure that you always see, like, jokingly made in the Black Series. And I'm like, that's exactly where it would be. And that's the kind of stuff I want. Yeah. Like, let's get we do a lot of like, oh, he's battle damaged. And I'm like, I want them on their dying breath on the ground. (laughs) (laughs) Like, that's where you'd get it. Because I immediately went to Geonosis. And I was like, if I could have bought a stadium with a bunch of random Jedi and fighters that I don't know, I would have loved that. Two things about uh, micro machines in the prequels. Uh, one, Kenner or Hasbro actually bought Galoob, who made micro machines in 1998. So the whole like what a micro machine was kind of changed mm. after Galoob was sold. And they actually did make a bunch of episode one stuff but it kind of got lost in the shuffle because Mm. everything that was made for micro machines was essentially made as a three and three quarter inch toy. So you had like, you had every scale coming out at the same time. You had 12 inch, you had like just every possible scale came out during Phantom Menace of everything. Um, So I think they didn't come back and catch back on because there was just so much merchandise. There were so many options. That's true. I was thinking about that, and I don't want to get too far into like prequel and not the miniatures territory, but is it just me, or did we do like a ton of merchandise for episode one, and then episode two and three, they were just sort of like, here's some, it's fine. Like, I feel like it really dropped. We never quite got back up there. And then we did it with Force Awakens, too. We did, like, a mm-hmm. huge Force Friday. And then by the time Rise of Skywalker came out, they were like, here, the Stormtrooper is red now. It's fine. It still wasn't that big. Like, it wasn't still wasn't as big as Phantom Menace. You'll never see, You'll I think never, ever, will you see an amount of skews that came out during that Phantom Menace launch. I don't think you'll ever see that amount of skews ever again. Like that was just an insane amount of merchandise yeah. to push through stores. Yeah. I mean, I, I was in line midnight, Porter Ranch, California, waiting to get in that Toys R Us up there. Uh, oh, Porter Ranch. Yeah. Nice, nice store up there. Nice, nice one. It was a great one, right? It was yeah. that, uh, there that night. Was it February of that year? Yeah. And, but it was like, but you know, we were all carrying the nostalgia of things like this in where it was like, uh, we, I wanted to make sure I, if they release micro, a micro collection, I wanted to have it because I didn't want to lose lose out like I did uh, 10 years, 15 years prior. This reminds me so heavily of that. It wasn't Wizards of the Coast yet. They bought it around the prequels. I don't remember who originally was doing it, but like they, they sold the packs in this same, I point at my note, like you can all see it. It's just like <laughs> this, uh, in the same kind of structure that these sets were. It was a, it was a Bespin card pack, a Hawk card pack, a Death Star, and I think my brain is just like, oh, that's so, I love it. I wish we still 
did that in a way. I would almost love it if the Black Series, instead of being like, I don't know, Wave 3 is like some from the Clone Wars, yeah. some from Disney+, Plus. here's like a redo, that would just straight up be like, this wave is Dagobah. You're going to get Yoda and the snake and a wet R2-D2. And then this wave is Cloud City. And you're going to get, I would love that. Because then you could do cool stuff with the art. Because yeah. this also got weird with the packaging, which I, I respect. Mm. Whenever a toy company is like, hey, everybody recognizes our brand and they know it. What if we put something out that confused them? <laughs> and it was just that like deep red lettering. That's like, I would, if I was an yeah, adult, I think that they was were like, hey, Mm. I think of course it was just a great yeah, mistake. Like you have to like trick parents into buying stuff like this. So you have to like put it in the exact same packaging. So yeah. parents will think, oh, my kid buys this stuff. This is another one of those things. <laughs> it's all about how stupid parents are and tricking them into buying things. And they but, failed with this. But you just touched upon something, Justin, that might have led to a little bit of this line's failure where, yeah, your mom and dad come home with the package that, you know, and you don't open up and you get a stormtrooper that doesn't move. And your friend Terry down down the street has, you know, the, the whole play set in three and three quarter. You feel let down, even though maybe you shouldn't be because it's a great line. But, yeah, that could be it. It's like when I asked for J.I. Joe figures and my mom came back with like a zap. And I was like, I, I want a Destro. It's so interesting that the articulation is what people would get hung up on. Because when I was a kid playing, I would I would just play with them like they were like in the commercial, just like, ah, he's fighting yeah. Mecha Sonic now. I never like sat there because even like the power of the force and everything, it was just kind of the elbow and the you just go up and down. So right. I guess when I got things that didn't move, I was just like, it's fine. My imagination does it just like it does with everything else. Yeah, it might. Yeah, you might be. You might be right. No swivel at the uh, at the uh, armpit like GI Joe figures, but uh, you know I can make do. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was always people were always doing flips as, with perfectly straight knees yeah. and elbows. I mean, I do remember. You know, I'm 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 holding this Han and, and Luke again because you know Luke, he's just so feeble. He's his arms gone. His 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 hand is draped over. He needs help. And that was always kind of frustrating trying to reenact like every scene, the hero of heroes had to be lifted and carried throughout the entire scene. I was acting. <laughs> yeah. Very that's, good point. I do think, you know, as much as I love the idea of, of having a cool 3d prints of a world, mm. I can't see where it's like, Oh, well, my only Luke figure is, uh, he's just always broken. <laughs> he's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Because I know they they made with the best in place that they have Luke with the saber out, but I didn't have that. I think one of my friends did, and I couldn't trade enough, uh, you know, tops baseball cards in a in a in a in a merman for it. So uh, I was stuck with hurt Luke. It's always funny when you have a story in your head as a kid or an adult, whenever I don't care when you're playing with it, and you're like, you know, though to, to really complete this, I got to go buy the Luke with a green lightsaber. I was at at Toys R Us in like the 90s with a friend of mine and I wanted to buy a slinky dog from Toy Story and my friend was like why do you want this like, well you know I got this great idea now hear me out and I like pitched him this whole Toy Story like short film and I was like but you know to do it I need the slinky dog and he can't just be like one of the ones that's like the slinky's not a slinky I need the slinky in it to really do this that's why we all went into film because we we're like, no, 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 we need this kind of lights. We need yeah. blue gels. And if it's not blue gels, yeah. 
Uh, I mean, this is why to this day, I can't buy one biker scout on a speeder bike uh, for any Star Wars line. I need two because two were chasing Han and Leia uh, or Luke and Leia. I, I need two. It, it's, you got to have the complete sets. Right. Yeah. There's always there's always some little part of my brain that's like, you know, Luke would have beat him if there was just one, though. You got to yeah. get that. You got to get what, what is this? A what if story <laughs> where there's just not as many troopers? That's not as fun. No. Yeah, there's always a very weird completionist part. I never was like buying like 10 battle droids. I had a friend who whenever he saw a battle droid would just buy two of them. And one day I was like, you've got like 40, man. Like, what are you even doing at this point with them? Yeah, I think I ended up with close to 100 battle droids. Wow. And uh, a lot of Gungans. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Gungans. But had it been a miniature, you could have saved a lot of money. And you'd have all the other weird accoutrements that come with it. Yeah. Because you want some are folded. You want them in all the different places. We need this. Are there any other, I guess to both of you, other lines outside of Star Wars that you feel like should have gotten the miniature treatment? Where Did you ever see these on the shelf and you were like, man, I wish a, I want a real small Castle Grey sculpt too, or a Hmm. tiny little... I just forgot the name. It's just the news van, right? There's no special name for the turtles news van. It's just a yellow van. That's a great question. I, I, uh, as a Robotech fan as well, would have absolutely loved something like that. Uh, like a SDF one play set, everything. Uh, I, I'm a baseball guy as well. And I used to collect the starting lineup figures, which are great. But if I could have got a miniature where you could actually get like a stadium and then your favorite baseball star of the day or whatever, like a Daryl strawberry or Don Mattingly, uh, I, I would have been up for that too. That would have been great. That's what I never, I didn't get any like sports toys growing up. I just collected the cards and I'm like, yeah, I would have bought a, I would have bought a little Wrigley Field or Comiskey Park yeah. or something. Yeah. That would have been dope. You could have changed them out. Like if you wanted a home and an away game. Yeah. Yeah. Now they're at Dodgers Stadium, which for some reason doesn't point at the skyline. <laughs> Every time I'm there, I'm like, why? There's so much to look at over there. Yeah. This was a choice. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Around. Um, yeah no, that's a, yeah. I, I mean, I was a big fan of the the starting lineup figures in the late eighties because it was like, oh my gosh, my, the two things I love star Wars figures and baseball are combined. Uh, give me that. So yeah. Uh, if you would have micro micro those up, I would have collected them uh, alongside the cards. Uh, Ken, where can people find you? Hey, uh, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. This is a lot of fun talking about this stuff. You can you can follow me at Ken Napsock. Go to my website and uh, the Force Center podcast with Joseph Scrumshaw and I is uh, out there uh, on uh, all the podcast spots. Just look up uh, Force Center and uh, give us a give us a give us a listen if you want. And then uh, my book Why We Love Star Wars is out there as well uh, if you want to uh, celebrate the uh, greatest saga ever told with me. Blake, where can people find us? They can find us on Twitter and Instagram at How Do You Figure Podcast. And I have a TikTok now for some of the toy stuff that's just, as always, Blake, because I made it without thinking about our podcasts. Um, but, you know, find it there. There's only two unboxing videos on it now. And then, of course, we're everywhere on all the podcast apps, uh, wherever podcasts are sold your Tower Records, your Fry Electronics. The Apple Store, Spotify. Leave us a review there, and uh, and that's it.